Hello everyone, you're listening to Bible Coffee Talk with Allie Benfield, and I'm so happy you're tuning in. I hope you're well and living your best life for Jesus Christ. On my podcast, we talk about subjects that some, if not most of us, are either going through, dealing with, or just want more information about. But we apply the Bible and the love for our Savior Jesus Christ, hoping that it will enrich our lives and help us as we walk righteously in obedience with the Holy Spirit. And we do it while enjoying a hot cup of coffee together. Because after all, this is a fellowship between friends. Am I right? So grab your coffee and your Bible, and let's learn more about Jesus Christ. Sound good? Awesome. So let's dive in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today on Bible Coffee Talk with me, Ellie Benfield. I'm so glad you're joining me. Today I'm drinking a Irish cream coffee, and to be honest, it is not that good, and I doubt I'll be buying this brand again. I mean, I'll drink it. But yeah, it's not that good. It's not that good. I'm not happy with it. (laughs) Okay, so on today's episode, we're talking about trials. We've all had them. You know you have. I mean, I have too. For some, they may still be going through a trial right now. So does the Bible say anything about trials? Sure does. The Bible is so effective to find answers to our problems, but we just have to know where to look in the Bible. And for that, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We have to do a little digging. So let's do that. But before we continue, I need to surrender this entire podcast to the Lord for his blessing and approval. So let's pray. Abba, Father God, I just come before you now seeking you to join us today as we read and learn from the Bible about you and your incredible love. Lord, I ask you to forgive us all the times that I personally fail you and let you down. That is not my intention, Lord. I ask you to walk with me, to help me daily, to take the the sin from my life. I humbly repent, Lord, for the times that I err and I hurt your heart. So as I delve into this topic, Lord, uh, let the content please you. Let every word out of my mouth please you. I ask you for these things, and I thank you for these things. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, amen. Okay, so I hope you have your Bible and a steamy cup of coffee and your Bible, because on my podcast, we reference, read, and apply the Bible to everything. It's my go-to and my fact checker. I do read from the King James Bible because it's the least tampered with Bible that's out there, but on occasion, sometimes, uh, very rarely, (laughs) will I use the NIV Bible. If I will, however, if a verse is tricky or too complicated to understand. So, uh, yeah, does God work through trials? You Bet your bottom dollar he does. He absolutely does. I was going to say when I was typing this podcast out, you know, that uh, uh, God is not out to destroy us and he does not break us. But in fact, that's what he does. He does break us. And that's what we're supposed to be is broken, broken only so that he can rebuild us in him to strengthen us, to show us not to lean on our own understandings. I mean, how many times have we... um, had a situation come up and we've tried to force our will, force our way that, well, you know what, I have a better idea and I know how to fix this and I know how best to run my life. But you've asked God for help. So who's who's going to have their way? You? God? You're right. God's going to have his way. In first, um, sorry, James chapter 1, verse 1 to 13, um, it's, it's a very powerful group of scripture and I'll tell you why as I've reflected over the events in the past few days and months I was drawn to the first chapter in James the first 
13 verses are given for some understanding of the purpose of trials that come our way. Now, I'm going to read. <laughs> I'm going to read the Bible here. Keep in mind, I do uh, have a hard time getting my words out sometimes or pronunciation. So if that happens, forgive me. Lord, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me right now so that the words that come out of my mouth glory and give praise to you. Okay. <laughs> Sip your coffee because this is going to be long. <laughs> okay. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbridleth not, and it shall be giveneth him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave into the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let a brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in, the, in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall be passed away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways." Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say that he is tempted. I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Okay, so, see what I'm talking about, how profound those are? The good that comes from trials is good and the comfort we can have in trials is comforting the passage speaks to us to help us in our time of trials that we need to understanding and comfort i'll never be able to read these verses without thinking of how great our god is and how much he loves us even at times when we feel like he's left us i mean and let's be honest we've all felt that like god has turned his back on us while we suffer through some of the worst moments of our life but as i heard the other day it's during the test that the teacher remains silent God never leaves us, but he will stay quiet in our times and in our seasons of sinning. When he steps forward, it's usually when we collapse or we beg for his interference to just come and help us, to get us out of it, to see us through. So, for a few minutes, think with me as we look into God's word. Okay, the Lord would first of all have us know that there is purpose in trials. When difficult times come into our lives and we find ourselves unable to comprehend or to understand, the enemy is quick to throw doubts and questions into our minds. I mean, that's so true. How many times have you gone through something and out of nowhere, you've got all these doubts and these questions that just linger in the back of your head and you're like, oh, why? Why? We often find ourselves questioning God's goodness and God's wisdom in allowing these things to happen. True again. We may even be bitter and angry with God for allowing things to happen to us in a certain way and wonder if he really understands. I mean, honestly, how many times have you? I mean, I can say for myself, yeah, this is true for me. I've been very bitter and very angry with God, and he has heard me scream. <laughs> Trust me, he's heard me. And I've really unleashed and unburdened my heart to him. But God's word confidently reminds us that God does understand. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, to us who came born as a child, grown into a man, 
He knew what we were going through. He knew the temptations and the things that would come against us because he was human. Things do not just happen haphazardly to Christians, as I said, with no meaning and no purpose. God is in total control. And as Paul reminds us, no one and nothing can separate us from God's love. Pretty much the entire chapter of Roman 8 talks about even the most difficult of circumstances and how to get through it. James reminds us that God wants us to trust him in the trials of life. When we trust him in our trials, God can use the difficult trials to mold us, to mature us, so that we can be more Christ-like to others. Isaiah the prophet said in trying to comprehend God's ways, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith Jehovah. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, so... Here we see that God's saying, don't think that your ways are going to be the way that I'm saying things are going to play out. And he's saying, my thoughts are higher than yours. You may think you have all the answers, but you don't. And you may think you know which way that you're going to go, but you don't. I see further ahead than you. I know how I'm playing this out. And really, who do you think's going to win here? You or me? <laughs> God would have us trust him in the difficult trials, for even though we can't understand, he loves us and he is in total control. He will use this trial to help us grow spiritually and to help us mature and become more Christ-like. Trust him. That's all we need to do. Trust him to keep our eyes on him. And God will use even this trial for his glory. But James goes on to tell us that not only does God have purpose in trials, but that God also gives us wisdom in trials. In our trials, there comes wisdom and maturity. James recognizes that we may not always be able to see the purpose in our trials or see the good that can come out of our trials. And when we find ourselves unable to see the good and the purpose in our trials, we are to keep on asking him for wisdom. That's what we're supposed to do. Ask, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open. Seek and you will find. In faith, pray. Know that he's going to be there, that he hasn't left. And our God who loves us will respond so that we are able to seek him better. I mean, come on, let's face it. He is an everlasting loving God. He is not about to send his one and only son to die for us on the, the cross, only to say, you know what? I'm going to throw a whole bunch of obstacles that are purposely going to keep you away from me. That's not his end game. He wants us to find us to him. He wants us to lean on him, to trust him, to provide for us and to care for us. James illustrates and says that even a poor man who has lost much uh, in his trial of poverty, if he knows God, the owner of the universe, he'll be, he'll be helped. And not necessarily financially, but God will help him. And a rich man, though he lose everything, can rejoice in the good of having learned not to place his faith in riches, which quickly passes away. God has been very good to us in allowing us to see the good even in this difficult trial that we may be facing. So much good has already come out from this trial. I know that's hard to believe, but really, if you look at it through a positive lens, you usually start seeing the silver lining. As Christians, we grow spiritually, and though that growth, we are able to help sharpen others' irons. As individuals, we have seen faith in action, and we have learned lessons we shall never forget. Yet in the days to come, we will continue to need wisdom to see the purpose and the good in this trial. James exhorts us to keep on asking God in faith for wisdom, and our generous loving God will give us this wisdom because he knows we're going to need it. Finally, James reminds us that not only does God have a purpose in trials and gives wisdom in trials, but thirdly, there is comfort 
and trials. I know, it's hard to believe. I get it. But there is. James reminds us that this life is not all there is to be. That there is so much more. That's right. That's right. That if we are living hard now, meaning, how do I put this? If this is our hell now. As Christians, this is our hell. The struggles are hell. They are. <laughs> be honest. They are hell sometimes. And they're brutish. And they're they're bad. But if we can get through this hell with the Lord Jesus Christ, then come on the day of judgment, we will have our heaven. Right. We often live as if we are living the way we are dying. But God's word makes it very clear that we are dying on the way to living. I mean, that just blows my mind. How many of us actually think, you know what, I'm, I'm dying, but you know what? I'm not dying to die. I'm dying to live. Think about that. That's just, that's insane. And I love that. What is in store then for uh, those who know Jesus Christ as their personal savior once they pass from this life? Will they go on to heaven? If you're not walking righteously with the Lord, if you don't know him personally, then my answer to you would be no. I mean, I'm not the savior. I can't say one way for sure, but I know what his Bible says. And his Bible says we are to seek his face. We are to walk righteously. We are to live by the laws. We are to be Christ-like to others. We are to repent of our sins. We are to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into our heart as our savior. And if we don't do these things, I'm sorry, but you're not going to make it to heaven. Phil... Uh, I'm trying to Philippians 1 tells us that when a Christian departs he is with Christ 2nd Corinthians 5 tells us that when we are absent from the body we are present with the Lord and 1st Corinthians 15 and Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that someday that body which for the present sleeps in the grave will be resurrected and reunited with our soul or our spirit and in this glorified state we will be with the Lord forever and their rewards will be given for endurance through trials and for faithfulness to God in difficult times. Today we made the we may be dwelling in sorrows and difficulties, but our sorrows are not as those who have no hope. I mean it's not. I know that if I hypothetically something comes at me, I know that no matter what happens, it's not going to steer me away from the Lord. My Lord is is Jesus Christ and he's in my heart and so long as I keep in the word of God, I keep praying to him. I keep asking him for wisdom. I keep asking him to build my faith and my trust through the Holy Spirit. That's going to be my key to getting me through that difficult situation. That if I ask for his strength, he'll give it to me. It's when I don't ask that I struggle. We have the assurance of the word of God that when I die, I will be with Jesus Christ. Make no mistake. I believe and trust Jesus Christ as my personal savior from sin. But I can't help but think that perhaps some of you are not prepared to face death and that you're not prepared to meet Jesus Christ face to face, nor are you ready to face difficult trials that will help mold you into the person the Lord wants you to be. And in your lack of trust, you lean on your own understanding with no peace in your heart. And that's got to suck. I'm sorry. But if you don't have peace in your heart from the Lord Jesus Christ, that has to be a terrible feeling. I know personally that I have peace in my heart, that no matter what obstacles no matter what difficulties come my way and there's a lot and I've gone through a lot that if I keep holding on to the Lord and if I struggle so much that I can't even do some of the simplest tasks if I visually imagine kneeling and reaching just to touch the hem of his garment that faith 
I get chills even as I say that. That little bit of faith is enough that Jesus will turn around and say, take my hand. Let me help you. Okay. Whew. Did you know, little trivia question here, that when a horse changes ownership, the new owner needs to break the animal so that the beast will revere the owner and trust the owner? It's true. The owner needs to learn, the horse needs to learn that the owner is who the, <laughs> let's start this again. The horse needs to learn who the owner is and what role it holds within the dynamics of the relationship between owner and beast. Once the horse is broke, the owner then steps in to teach the horse his ways, and in time the horse gladly and happily obeys and follows the owner. The strength that enables anyone to face their trials with confidence and assurance is not their own will. It's not. Once we allow the Savior to live in us and to teach us his ways and put us back together in him, the struggle gets easier to detect and maneuver through. Jesus Christ died as your substitute, paying the penalty for your sin. But he, he asks you, by an act of your will, to trust him as your personal Savior from sin. If you do this on the authority of God's word, he will help you. So, in conclusion, there's purpose in trials. God is still in control. He has not forsaken us, and he wants us to trust him so we can be mature in him. God has and will give us wisdom to see the purpose and the good in the trials as we ask in faith. There is comfort in knowing that this life is not all there is, that absent from the body means present with the Lord. So, there you have it. <laughs> we, must walk we must walk obediently with the Holy Spirit and hold on to the Lord's words. We have to do that. We have to. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to the Lord's return, and I just don't want anyone, anybody, anywhere to be left out. I don't want them to, on, on Judgment Day, stand before God and say, Oh, I was too busy or, um, well, I didn't know all that I had to know. And, and the Bible was too hard to read and nobody really showed me anything or, you know what? That's all excuses and excuses aren't going to fly with the Lord come judgment day. They're just not going to, uh, we have to trust him, his timing, his will, because regardless of what we think or how we try to fight him on some of the things that we think are best for us, the Lord is going to have his way. Yes, there is nothing that we can do to change his will. I mean, if that's what he wants, it's going to be his way. But we have to start trusting him. We can't say we trust, we trust, we trust. If we don't, we don't, we don't. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to really surrender. You have to be broken. And that's what he's doing. He's breaking you. He's, he's breaking you so that he can put you back together with him. So that the, the glue that kind of binds all those little shattered and broken pieces are the Holy Spirit melding in through each little crack and crevice that, you know what, even though stained glass, and I'm going to use this because this is what I do. I work with stained glass and I love stained glass because of the meaning of it. If you take a piece of broken glass and you try putting it back together with the iron and the, the flex and, and all of that, and you hold it up to the light. Even though it's broken, it's still going to be a thing of beauty because the creator, meaning me, has made it into something beautiful. And that's what the Lord wants to do with you, with me, and with everybody. He wants to break our glass and he wants to put it back together being the creator so that when he holds us up to the sun being the, the living um, Jesus Christ, 
when he holds us up to Jesus Christ, the light that shines through us, the patterns and the designs and the light that shines through with all these different uh, melodic colors is beautiful because it's the Holy Spirit, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's the Father God all in that piece of art. And that's what you are, my friend. You are a piece of art. Whether you see it, you don't, it's, you are. And the Lord God just wants you to trust him. He wants you to lean on him so that he can make you into a thing of beauty, a thing of value, and a thing of pricelessness to him. But you have to trust. You have to. Mean what you say and say what you mean. That's that's it. So if you've heard this podcast and you want to know more about Jesus Christ or you need somebody to help pray with you or to teach you how to pray or to walk with you or to be a, a prayer partner with you, please look me up on Facebook. My account is open. Please shoot me a message in my inbox. Just look for Allie Benfield. Uh, and yeah, I would love to, to help you on this journey to towards seeking and knowing more about Jesus Christ. Ah, I hope this message has blessed your life. I hope that if you are struggling with some sort of trial or um, difficulty in your life, that you throw it. That's what God wants you to do. Just throw it on him. Just give it over to him and let him deal with it because he's going to do it anyways. He's just waiting for you to turn it over to him. I mean, it's like a, a child and a parent, right? You see a child, they've double knotted their shoe and they're working fervously trying to get this knot out and they can't and they can't and as the parent you're you're watching them and they're making it worse they're tying they're tying these laces into like the worst knot ever and you're just standing there going come on give it to me if you just give it to me I can have it undone like in two seconds and the kid's struggling and struggling oh there's another knot they've tied and you're sitting there going come on I'm here. I'm right here. Just give it to me. I can help you and we can be together. We can go do something together. Just hand me this problem you've got. Hand me this shoe with these horrible knots in them and let me take care of it. And the kid's still struggling and struggling. That's God. God's looking at us saying, I'm here. I am right here. Stop struggling. Stop it. Turn it over to me. Let me help you. And then we can be together. I mean, it's a beautiful analogy if you think about it. So that's my podcast for today. I hope it blessed and touched your life. And uh, I encourage you to read Joshua 1 verse 9. It's, it's an awesome, awesome piece of scripture there. Anyways, uh, that's it for today. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Bye for now. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for taking this time with me today to fellowship and learn more about our wonderful Heavenly Father, His perfect Son Jesus Christ, and the incredible Holy Spirit as we apply the Bible to our lives and our faith. I hope that what you heard and learned today has touched your heart and is tended to and ministered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that He fills you with His discernmentship and understanding so that the words of the Bible imprint on your heart with meaning and worth. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning soon, and when He does, I pray that you're among those that are caught up in the sky to meet Him so that you can join in the wedding banquet called the Feast of the Lamb. Until we're together again fellowshipping over coffee, <laughs> This is Ali Benfield signing off. Bye for now, guys. <laughs>